All right. Make our way back to our seats this morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. Good to see everyone this morning. If you don't know who I am, I'm Pastor Rich Lee, pastor here. Especially when I give thanks to our guests for coming out. And I'm glad, I hope you get to enjoy the whole time with us this Sunday. We thank you for coming out again. Do you have a great time if you're a guest? And if all of you remember, we're going to start a new series today called Simplify. Everyone say Simplify. 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 One more time. Simplify. All right. How many feel overwhelmed? Okay, it's over then. How many feel exhausted? How many feel anxious? How many feel isolated? How many are dissatisfied? Now, if you're dissatisfied in church, you need to get out. <laughs> now, how many times have you either used or heard this following? Heard that. I'm exhausted. I'm anxious. Overwhelmed. We live in a world that's so busy. We're so busy. In fact, busyness is an epidemic in America. So busy. And what we're going to do is spend the next four weeks is talking about a book that I was able to read because I got overwhelmed in doing what I was doing. It's a book by Bill Hybels called Simplify. I, I really highly recommend that you read this. Really read this because it will help you about simplifying your life and really start to experience God the way he wants you to experience him. But it's kind of hard when we're so overwhelmed and so tired. I mean, we're busy. we got to-do lists, kids, laundry, deadlines, papers, obligations, projects, and it's an epidemic. If you're a student, everything was fine on welcome week, then you got your syllabus. And you like me, you're like, can I cancel this class and start next year? And you just wait till your senior year, and you're like, I should have dipped that three years ago. I don't recommend that. Busy. And what happens is not just our physical body, which, you know, we're, we're spiritual too. Our souls get so wrapped around the busyness. And, you know, our soul become so cluttered with business versus cleared because we have the Holy Spirit who lives and work, who wants to work, live and breathe and work in us. But we can't get in when we're so cluttered with busyness. You know, because it's all one word I call it, the speed of life. You know, the speed of life is killing us emotionally, financially, relationally, professionally, and most of all, spiritually. Speed is killing us. With the technology, it is destroying us. And today's message is called, How to Streamline Our Schedule. Streamline our schedule. Streamline your schedule. Now, to create a right schedule, how many love to, be, to schedule your life? No one wants to be scheduled. Okay, thank you. To do it right, in the body of Christ, you got to write, you gotta write, ask the right question. In church, we usually ask God this question. God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to get done? How do you want me to do it? And the real question is this. God, who are you asking me to become? So am I not doing but being? God, who do you want me to become? When you know who you become, then you can build a schedule on things that count, that will get you there. It's the work in survival training. And the purpose of us was to bring the man home from a catastrophic either failure or a prisoner of war. 
the end of the line, the word we wanted to tell them was freedom was the word. That is the goal, freedom. Now you take freedom and you work your way back to get to where you need to get to be free. You have a pickup point. Now I got to get you there, but you're going to have to take on everything that doesn't make any sense, has nothing to do with it, and you have to work your way there. Well, it's the same thing. When God wants us to become, you find that out. Then we work our way back. For some of us, it's a season. As a college student, God, what do you want me to become? Not what I want to do. As an adult, if you're in a different time, depending where your kids are, God, what do you want me to become in this season? And God is more interested in you becoming something special to him versus doing something special for him. What would it look like if your schedule looked like if God was in charge of it? If God was running your schedule? What it would it look like? What we're going to do, we're going to spend a few moments in a book. The major leader, we all know, Moses. We're going to go to Exodus chapter 33. Remember, that's the question. God, who do you want me to become? We're going to read from verses 12 to 23. This is Moses talking to God face to face. Moses said to the Lord, see your way. See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not. Let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name. How many love that? And you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I found favor in your sight, please show me your ways that I might know you. In order to find favor in your sight, consider, that, consider too, that this nation is your people. I love when Moses said, God is your people, not mine. Especially when you're in trouble. And he said, my presence will go with you. This is God speaking. And I'll give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct? We're going to circle that. And I and your people from every other people on the face of the earth. Verse 17. And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do. For you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. What assurance. Moses said, please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I am gracious, and I will show mercy to whom I am show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me. You shall stand on the rock, and while my glory passes, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. And then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but not my face shall not be seen. And my face, but my face shall not be seen. Father, I ask in these moments that we have, give us eyes to hear, I mean eyes to see, and ears to hear. In Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. This is in the first installment of what we're going to do for the next four weeks. The book says there's ten weeks that we can unclutter our soul. We're going to spend time how we want to unclutter our soul with busyness so we can hear God with clearness. And I talked about some of the things, some of the things we'll talk about relational, spiritual. How about your job and your finances? How God wants us 
to be, be organized, effective people. Because we all deal with this clutter. We all deal with busyness. We're one of the busiest nations in the world. In fact, we're one of the highest working nations in the world. No one works just 40 hours anymore. It's always seven plus. 50, 60 hours a week. They pay for stuff they really can't use. That's another sermon. Let's just give you a backdrop on this is Moses having a great conversation with God. He's asking God, would your presence still be with me? God realized we know about Moses. He was the one called. God chose him to take the children out of Israel. If you love the book of Exodus, they call it the Old Testament gospel. Take the people from slavery for 400 years and bring them into the promised land. And he, him and his brother Aaron set out on this track. And we know about the plagues that they were released from Egypt. And God, they got to the point of Mount Sinai. And it was time for Moses to go up on the mountain to hear God and talk to God face to face. And that's when he received the tablets, the Ten Commandments. But the children of Israel, though they left Egypt, Egypt never left them. It's like discipleship. You, give, you come into a new freedom land, but if you don't get rid of the things in your slave, slavery land, you can't carry it into freedom because it'll cost you. And what they did, they decided since we were created in God's image, they decided to create God in their image. So they made a golden calf. And Moses' brother was there. And Moses came down. God said, go down and get the stiff-necked people. I cannot deal with them anymore. In fact, I will kill them all, and I'll just start a new nation with you. And he went down. And he asked his brother Aaron, what happened? Well, Aaron said, you know, these people, they just want something. And they gave me gold, and I threw it in the fire, and the calf came up. <laughs> what a family. That's your second in charge. And God had a conversation in the very beginning of chapter 33. I'm going to do this. I'm going to put you in the promised land, but I'm only going to send an angel. He'll take care of all the work. You guys can go because you're a stiff-necked people, which means stubborn and prideful. If I'm too close to you, I will consume you. God was angry. And Moses, as he is, interceded for the people of Israel. Interesting thing about the angel in verse 3. He didn't even say the angel of the Lord. When you say the angel of the Lord, you know, okay, that is a pre-coronation of Jesus. Whenever you hear the angel of the Lord, sometimes you got to look it up in your, in your uh, strong concordance. Oh, he's talking about Jesus coming down and form. The one Joshua met, whose side are you on? He met Jesus. Je- Jesus said, I'm on no one's side. I come to take over. He didn't even name this angel. He was a guy off the bench. As, as um, Stephen A. Smith said, he was a scrub. And Moses said this. That's when we get to verse 12. You don't even tell me who I'm going with. It's not going to work unless you go with me. We're not going. Two things when you look at this. Very simple because I'm talking about simplify. And when you look at this passage, one is we got to go with God. The second thing, we got to let God go with us. Got to go with God. And we got to let God go with us. You see, in the midst of all that, after the problem, 
Moses took, made a, pitched a tent and coming out the tabernacle, which he got all the instructions from God, and he put it far from the camp. And that's where he would go meet God. And God would come down and speak to him face to face. Children of Israel would watch him go, but they wouldn't get close. They would worship at their tent, but the only one that went with them was Joshua. See, Moses understood something. The angel represented the acts of God. His presence recognizes the ways of God. See, it's possible to get all you want, the promised land, all be successful of the acts of God. We can serve on the acts of God. If we serve and we run around because I want God to respond to something, but you can get everything you want and not be happy. You ever see Hollywood? They're the unhappiest people on the planet. They have a gift. They got there, but it's on acts. It's a different way when you want to know the ways of God. The Church of America needs to know the ways of God, not the acts of God. Because it'll burn you out. Working for the acts. If I show up here, God, and I pray in the spirit, this God take place. No, if you go in his presence, the way of God, how do I go about doing that? In fact, you're praying a little bit too much. Just lay your hands on them. The acts. That's what the children of Israel were doing. They had the acts of God. Moses discovered what we all need to discover. The very intimate relationship with God. When he would sit in the tent and God would come down and talk to him face to face. Now you saying that's the Old Testament. But I tell you what, greater things we can do because we have the Holy Spirit that we can talk to face to face. Verse 13 says, God, just show me your ways. See, he was more concerned about God's will and ways than his own. Psalm 103.7 says, he made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. See, the people of Israel didn't experience the fullness of God that Moses did. And God's idea was they will all experience all of him, not just the acts of God. Hey, guys, if your relationship is just built upon the acts of God, that's why we're all miserable. Because if he doesn't act the way we think he should act, we get depressed. We get discouraged. We don't know what's going on. But if you know the ways of God, I'm telling you what, life is more exciting and more experienced. Because you'll say, God, I would have never thought of that. That's the thing. You're not supposed to think of that. You're supposed to think of me. Psalm 25, 4 says, make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your path. Talks about discipleship. Jesus said, they get to know each other, then I'll teach you. Know your ways, God, then you'll teach me. Know you first, then you'll teach me. What am I schedule? Give it to you first. Know what you would want me to do. Then you'll show me the steps to make it work. Philip, I can never get this guy's name, Melanchthon, I think it is. To know Christ is to know his benefits. To know Christ is to know his benefits. To know by experience, that word know, konosko in the Greek, to know his experience. And when in verse 14, he says, my presence will go with you, he means my face will go with you. My face. And then he says this in verse 14, I will give you rest. In the going, I'm going to give you rest. But she, Moses needed assurance from God. Are you going with me or not? If you're not going with me, God, I am not going. 
That word rest means to settle. To settle down. It means the promise that you're going in the promised land. I'm going to take care of all that for you. All you got to do is start to walk. It means to dwell. You're going to dwell in the promised land. You're going to dwell in my presence and all things will come open for you. Know my ways, not my acts. I love Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. It says, come to me all who are labor and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Then 29 says, learn from me. You know who gets a bad rap in the Bible? Mary. Because she's sitting at Jesus' feet. We get, uh, Martha. And they both need it. But Mary, that's what a disciple does. You are heavy laden. You rest in him. Then you learn from him the schedule. The reason why I'm so strong on this, guys, this book has helped me out a lot. Because I kind of forgot that God says Jesus will build his church. I kind of thought I was supposed to do it. So I was trying to take on all the responsibility that Jesus was supposed to take up. And I found myself in the middle of a season when we should be serving the most. I was getting burnt out early, very quickly. Because I was trying to do Jesus' job, not what he called me to do. Or to be. He was, so more, he was forming me into a pastor. That's your season, right? I'm going to make you a pastor. You got the title, but really you're not there yet. I got the church. And you know something? He'll be forever making me into something else. I'll always be becoming something else. He'll always be building his church. He says, I want you to become and I will build. When you're becoming, you're walking in my presence. And you're going to do it. It's not out of obligation. You're going to be rested. It's going to be fun because of the fact you're walking with me. Not, you're not depending on my acts. You're not depending on me doing this. Because my, my joy would go, did he take care of that? If he didn't take care of that, it seemed like, oh, my gosh, then my praise is gone. I didn't know what he was doing. He didn't ask me to get in his business. He just told me to trust him. And Moses was sharing all this because Moses, you know how he was born. They were going to kill the firstborn. Mother put him in a basket. He became the prince of Egypt. Moses would say, nothing beats going with God because he's faithful. How many know God's faithful? How many when he starts, he finishes? How many it's hard to believe sometimes? If he starts your schedule, he's going to finish it with him. But we have, I have a tendency, hey, he's not doing fast enough. Give me that. Which takes me to my second part. Here's the choice, guys. We've got to let God go with you. We've got to let God go with us. In verse 15, Moses refused to go it alone. He says, I cannot go unless you go. I can't do anything. Think in John 15, 7. Apart from you, we can accomplish nothing. Permanent. You can do great stuff, but it will be temporary in nature because we created it. That means there's a beginning and there's an end. With God, there's no, there's a no, you can't even discover the beginning and it never ends when he creates something, he does something very well and it's sustainable forever. And it's in verse 16, if you go with us, we'll be distinct and be different. People will know that God, though he's huge and great and mighty, he knows how to organize each and every one of our lives. 
And they'll say, why aren't you getting stressed out? Because I'm noticing something today. People are exercising more, but they're gaining more weight. Not a slight. You know why? Because there's a certain thing that we don't understand called stress. Mine is opposite. When I'm stressful, I lose weight. I seem you work six days, I work out six days, nothing. Or we don't even have time to work out anymore. We don't even put down the priority because you're a vessel of God. You're the temple of God. But you don't have time to work. You don't have time to work out. Why not? Let's take this 20-minute walk. I learned so much. I used to think I had to run all the time. They said, if you walk the same miles as a runner, you get the same exercise and you lose the same weight, calories. We don't have time to work out. We're a temple. Your mind will be cluttered because I'm trying to do all the things. And I love verse 17. And I want to encourage you with this, guys. Because this message can be like, oh, my gosh, I'm so messed up. You know, God is pleased with you, and he's familiar with your name. You know, God knows your name better than you know yourself. Knows you better than you know yourself. He knows what you can take, and he knows what you can't take. Give him the schedule. Talking to myself. He created you. Set you apart. Or he has a plan for you. Give him the schedule. He knows what's good for you. Give him your marriage. Give him your finances. Give him your health. Give him your spirituality. Give it to him. Don't kill yourself too early. Verse 20, Moses didn't stop at that. He said, you know, God, show me your glory. Now, we could, in those days, you could not look God in the face, and you can't now, without dying. And what that represented it was a sign of this, that when we're walking in God's presence, we'll always experience consistently his goodness, his mercy, and his grace. reason why we can do that, because we have the Holy Spirit in our souls trying to speak to us. If you're like me, at 6 o'clock in the morning, you wake up, I'm speaking to the things I have to do, not to the Holy Spirit, who's telling me how to get it done. Or you get going, and it's not working. You're saying, God, how come that's not working? Well, here's the thing, God. You didn't ask me, so you're on your own. That's how he speaks to me. Did I say go over there? I love David. David was amazing. If the uh, Philistines came one way, God, should I? Did it. They came another again the next day. He asked him again because not the, that was yesterday's plan, not today's plan. See, what yesterday's anointing, what I did yesterday, hey, that doesn't matter. It's today and tomorrow. It's a fresh revelation every day. The back of God is glory. It's a new revelation every single day. So you have to report the duty to hear what he has to say. Because you can choose chaos or peace. You can choose madness or simplicity. Or you can choose your deal or his deal. It's up to us. That's the power of choice, I realize, in work, in work, in serving in a church. Our choice is very powerful. Because whatever choice you make, you've got to live with the choice you make. You can't blame God because you made that choice. You can't blame your neighbor. You can't blame your mother. You can't blame your daddy. You've made the choice. 
but you can choose chaos and try to work this thing out, and God will bless my schedule after I put it together, or you can have him take care of it from the very beginning. Because, you know, let me tell you, the big things are affected by little things. And to make changes in life, big changes happen through little changes, little tweaks. Because uncluttering your life starts with uncluttering your days. You don't unclutter your days, you will never unclutter your life. Got to unclutter our lives. That's why everything is so hyper today. Everyone's so sensitive because they're stressed out. Anxiety is running. Anxiety meds are just on a rise. People are anxious. Emotionally, they're crashing. Maybe, I don't know, when I grew up, the new, we didn't have to, I mean, he had news, but you had to watch it at 6 o'clock to 6.30. I think it was Walter Conkright. That was it. Then I wanted to watch one show before you went to bed. I had to go to bed at 7.30 at night. But we didn't have the stress that our kids have today. And some of us stress, share our stress with our kids. So you just give it to them. And then I called to carry that. A stressed out whole house will become a generation of stressed out people. Things seem to be going, they seem like everything's going crazy. Not really. We just have quicker information. Okay, how do I streamline my schedule? Y'all say, I can't wait till you got there because I tell you what, I am so under the hole. First one is discover your life verse. Discover your life's verse. I love the Bible. It's practical. It's a verse that you will find, not something that will make you comfortable, but something that will put you into action, and you will fill your schedule for what matters most. There's a life verse that you want to hit, that God has for you, that you want to build your life offer, and that will put down, you'll say, okay, this is where I'm going. Everything that doesn't put up with that or doesn't line up with that is gone. My life verse, when I really got serious with Jesus, with Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I love that. Form me, knew me. Before you were born, I consecrated you. Means I set you a point, and I appointed you a prophet to the nations. God was speaking to my insecurity as a foster child in his kingdom. He knew he had to speak to that because that comes up to me. Though I had a great life, you still ask those questions about your, your biological family. And he said, not about you. You're not an accident. It's about them. And I ordained you to preach not just on this stage, to preach the gospel in any form possible. Now build your life off that. And I did. This is what place I thought I was going to land. If you ask me, Ms. Donna, we had plans when we retired. Remember, honey? Matching Volvos, hanging out. We we're going to be chief master sergeants. Turned down a great job. My wife says... I turned on a lucrative job at Lockheed. Remember? DPS came. You're the man. I said, I don't feel it. She said, what do you think? I don't don't know. I don't sense this. Turned down senior pastor jobs. It's not my first time. Turned it down. 
Because I didn't sense God was saying, that's it. And I had to get to the point then, she, what's going on? You always have a plan. And I would say this. Every man doesn't want to say this, but it happens. I don't know. I don't know. But I do know him. And what I do, I get up every morning and went to the room. I pray on another day. And I got jobs and I got this. I got fired from one job, got another job. Wind up here. Trusting him. My life verse. I never lost that. Even when I got, if I got rejected, I had to remember that verse. That I appointed you. I set you apart. You were not an accident. You're not part of the state. You are my child. Second thing he gave me was this. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Because they knew Jeremiah's journey. He said, you're going to preach. No one's going to listen to it. I said, I don't want that life verse. But you got to be standing strong because you're not going to be to give the words that say everyone says amen. You're not going to, everyone, amen. No, they're not going to be saying that, Rich. So you better stand strong in the faith. Be, firm, be a man. Act like a man. Be strong. Those are my two. What are yours? I know what they are, and I built my life accordingly. Scheduled my life accordingly. Some of us is a season if I'm in school. Some of whatever you are in age and where your kids are, it's a season. But the life verse gives you an ultimate, this is the ultimate thing. This is what God has for me. So I have to keep experimenting with everything. And it looks like you're losing. Everyone's winning, and you're not losing because you're being directed by God himself. What would it look like if your schedule was ordained and prepared by God? That's why I have to go to him every morning. What am I supposed to do today? What am I supposed to say today? Tell me. I, I, oh, boy, I studied, but what do you want me to say? Second one, build a God-first schedule. Matthew 6, 30 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What he means, the kingdom of God, God's way of doing things. Seek God's way of doing things, and all the things you want to do will line up in sync. And you're not stressful because you're able to rest in his presence because whatever God ordains, he takes care of. And I don't stay awake anymore at night, tossing and turning for something I should have never been doing in the first place. And I have my full abilities every day. Let's do something. Let's go forward the way God said go forward. Is it going to look like everyone wants to be? No. But what I say should work. And if it doesn't, if you fail at it, get back in the game. Preaching to myself. Plan your schedule, not according to the demands in your to-do list. How many love to-do lists? Don't plan it that way. Plan it by the promptings of God. Yours is anointing, huh? Don't worry about it. Because <laughs> God wants me to work at home. <laughs> See, that Alex? Just turn it any way you want it, right? Rich chapter 16. Anyway. Not by the to-do list. 
by his prompting. By his prompting. And some of us, you have to schedule your Bible, prayer, Bible reading and your prayer. Some of you got to schedule that. You got to schedule time with your spouse. You got to schedule time for friendships. When we talk about life groups, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. And that's the place you need to get filled up because everything else is wearing you out. Your finances. That's why we have financial peace. We don't want you stressed out. Learn how to spend your money. Learn how God wants you to spend his money. Don't be afraid of it. It's $99. It'll change your life. We did it. We gave about $37,000 in debt. Because we were in debt when I retired. Nothing worked when I retired. The house blew up. Everything had to go. All the appliances went out. And I said, God, what are you doing? Teaching you faith. Man, I wish you would stop giving me that answer. Learn. That's why we offer that, to relieve the stress and let God run your finances. Let God run your marriage. Let God love you, run your relationships. We're going to cover all those in the next three or four weeks. Because life is so much simpler when we have one agenda to meet. God's. Life is so much simpler when we have one agenda to meet. One agenda. Not mine. Moses knew. God, you call me to be the deliver. You you call me to deliver these people. No, Moses, don't worry. As you walk with me, you'll become the greatest leader in history. And that guy you murdered, that's the past. This is where you're gonna go. Every day you need to get with me, because how you how do you lead one million people plus, and not get angry? He got angry a few times. If you want to know, we're going to talk about this in the next four weeks. We're going to have life groups talk about this in different fashions, through crafting, through all those things that we can bring up a question. How do I streamline my schedule? How do I develop strong relationships? How do I fall back in love with my job and my finances? And how do I let God lead me versus me leading him? trying to lead him. When I talk about our schedule, Josh, can your worship team come up? Whenever I, I notice when I streamline my schedule, and I'm still working on it, it's always a, it's always a thing in work because it depends on the season of life I'm in. I talk about being in sync. Yeah, my, my phone. Okay. How many love Apple products? How many desire to have one? Well, they build a new one, you can have it. And I notice when I build my life, God first, my schedule, God first. I get to cut everything out. You know how Apple has... You can, for us guys who don't, you know, when I had my other phone, I had information on that phone, and I had information on this computer, and I had information on that computer. And you guys would ask me a question, I have no idea. Apple called this syncing. I have a 
Apple? Apple. And at home, I have an iMac. And I have my phone. In case, in some odd reason, I forget all that, I can still preach off my phone. Everything is perfectly synced. And I have to do that at least once a week. But it does, it updates every single day. And I can rest assured, if I do forget stuff, guys know I'm in the office, which I oh, forgot that at home. I even, I even forget my keys coming in sometime. And when it's lined up, I'm in sync with God. I'm in sync with his goodness. I'm in sync with his mercy. I'm in sync with his grace. And when I build my schedule in sync with God, I have rest. I don't have stress. When they all are clicking together, every one of them, coming together, all one. My iMac, iPad, my laptop, all perfectly sync. I have rest. And that's what we need today. Everyone stand. We're going to worship, then we'll close. How many need that rest? The decompress, I call it. Raise your hand. You need to decompress this morning. The stress of life has been beating you to down. I know now if you're a new parent, you're in stress. Get over it. (laughs) Right, Lindsay? No, get Alan on it. Anyway. uh, (laughs) In the presence of God, things seem to line up like we talked about in worship, the way it ought to be. Our schedules ought to be governed by God, not by to-do lists. And guys, I used to say, that's not my, that's not my um, strength. But I tell you what, it's God's strength. And I receive from him sometime for the day, sometime for the hour, sometime for the minute. But I want to build a life scheduled by God so I can be effective to those who don't know him. Can we spend some time in worship? And just ask God. Everyone's lift your hands as we worship God.